0: One of the things that many small businesses and real estate investors struggle with is getting referrals. You, know, you do a good, good thing for somebody, you do some business with somebody and you kind of sit back and hope you're going to get referrals. And that rarely works. And that may also be you know, applicable when you're trying to build relationships with people. Is, you know, you've reached out, you had an initial conversation or you've made contact with somebody and then you don't hear anything and you're wondering why. Well, it could be because you're not appreciating those people. And my guest today, Steve Busengali, specializes in helping people understand what it means to appreciate somebody and show that in a very personal and unique way uh, that gets remembered. And Steve shares some amazing stats around how many people are actually not doing this, it may not surprise you, but I was quite shocked by some of the numbers. Some of the things that he suggests you do are very simple things. And if you turn up and do them, you're going to stand out from the vast majority of people that you're actually competing with. So I think you're going to find this episode of great interest and the kind of thing that you can implement straight away and increase the number of referrals that your business is going to get. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Personally Brandtastic podcast, where we help you build your personal brand and business so that people can find you easily, want to work with you, and can't wait to refer you. My name is Paul Copkin, and every day I work with real estate investors, professionals, and business owners who want to stand out from the crowd and attract more of the right opportunities without feeling inauthentic or spending all day doing it. It's all about communicating how personally brandtastic you are, because marketing is how to get their attention, but personal branding is why they choose you. Now, back to the show. Steve, thank you for joining us today. Really looking forward to our conversation because I think this is an area that perhaps many people neglect and perhaps you can, you'll can you be able to tell us that. But kick off with the audience, you know, what it is you're doing, you know, why you started the Appreciation Advocate and kind of let's start there.
1: Yeah, for me, the Appreciation Advocate got started because a lot of the people who I did business with when I was a real estate agent, uh, I still am a real estate agent, actually. I still practice it a little bit. And uh, you know, for the people that are already in the club, I guess, But basically what they, I learned that a lot of people post-sale did have a really hard time working with the people they did business with, whether it was the tenant they were working with, whether it was the home owner or home seller they were, they had sold the home to, they really sucked at that building their relationship part. So I was just like, I told them what I was doing. I became known as Mr. Like not Mr. But like the referral guy around the office. And they're like, what are you doing? What are you doing? I'm like, so I would tell them and they're like, well, that's a lot of time. That's a lot of time. It takes too much time or it takes too much money or whatever. And basically what I did, I was like, well, well that sounds like there's an itch there. And I built my company around that. Mm. So I teach people how to do that. And so do you think
0: that's the kind of primary reasons why people don't do this is time and money are the first two kind of things that put the barriers up?
1: I, it's actually not so much money, to be completely honest with you. The money is not, it's not really expensive. Like I, I've given some gifts to people that have made them cry that cost less than $15. So it's not a money thing.
0: Wow. Could you get, could you but, give uh, us an example? Cause that's, I think that's yes. special...
1: Yeah. so, Like I had a woman once, she had a really important dog in her life and the dog passed away. And I got a dog. I had the dog, a watercolor painting of the dog made. And then I sent it, then I bought a frame on Amazon and I put it together and I sent it over to her. And she was just like blown away by it. And it was just like, Hey, I, like, and I, that for me, like that wasn't a crazy expensive gift. Right. It was just, but, but it was so meaningful. And it was very, it was just like, hey, I care. And I didn't do it for any other reason. Like, I didn't get it. I didn't send it because I wanted a referral. I didn't send it because I wanted business from her. I mean, it was just, I sent it because I care about them and I wanted to make their day and invest in their, basically make a deposit in their emotional bank account. Because a lot of people are trying to get people to buy from them. And it's like they want these financial withdrawals from people, but they never make the emotional deposit so they can get the financial withdrawal. So that's basically, you know. And whether it comes back to me or it doesn't, I'm just going to keep putting out those vibes anyway. It'll work its way back somehow. So that's my trust in the universe,
0: right? And you make a really good point because I think a lot of people are immediately thinking this is a marketing expense. I'm going to have to put this up against something, and I want to see some kind of ROI from it.
1: And you'll see it, and you'll see it (laughs) eventually.
0: (laughs) And 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 we think of it as? And why is that? Tell us why you know how it's happened that way and how you've had you know examples of other people that have been able to do this and and get the results from it
1: so the thing is the problem with gratitude there's two things one gratitude by itself doesn't sell nobody likes to buy nobody buys gratitude like no no one wakes up in the morning and says oh i need some more gratitude like nobody says like like and for me even as a business owner i can't go up to somebody and say you know what you really need to be saying thank you more they're gonna be like all right dude like the heck out of my way. Like, you know, F you. I don't need your freaking, you know, you're not my dad. <laughs> you know, they all need to tell me to think please, and thank you. Like, nobody's going to take that. So no, but gratitude doesn't sell. But the benefits of gratitude sell. More referrals, more income, more time off, more working with the people that you really love to work with. That all sells. So you have to sell the benefits. You can't sell gratitude itself. Everything I do is gratitude based, but I just don't lead. I don't lead with that. And the second part, the, the other second problem is being consistent with it. A lot of people don't know how to systemize it and then build, whether it's built. And I think that's one of my gifts that I was born with, fortunately. And that's, uh, obviously we all have gifts and all have weaknesses. And one of my gifts is that I can build systems really well and I can automate things really well. So I automate gratitude for a living. (laughs) So so that's, I build systems that for me, like when I'm doing the real estate side of things, like I have systems in place where people will get birthday gifts on their birthday and their half birthday without me even thinking about it. I will have gifts sent out on their purchase anniversary of the day they bought their home without then, without me even thinking about it. But I get text messages all the time like, Steve, thank you so much for sending this. It's such a cool gift. And I was just like, you know what? That's right. It's her one year anniversary of the day she bought her home. Cool. Good for her. And it's like, but I, I do it because I want, it to, I want these people to know that I appreciate them. And I do. They're actually, and some people might say, like the counter to that might be like, well, you know, Steve, it's not really personalized if you just threw it into a system, right? Well, my systems are built to be personalized. And the thing is like, if it wasn't in a system, then I'd forget, and then that would show that I don't care, so it's actually beneficial you know, for me is that I'd actually want it to be more systemized because then I know I won't forget, and then i w- and that person will know that I do care about them, and It's just impossible for us as human beings to remember you know that I have a client base of over two hundred and fifty people. I'm not going to remember two hundred and fifty birthdays and purchase anniversaries and half birthdays and kids' names, and you know I need help I'm a human
0: right, <laughs> right. and how do you? How is it automated? What are the kind of things that you have in place? Obviously, the gifts are going out, but how does that work?
1: So I mean, it's, I just have a, a, there's actually a company. So this, I know this is one of your questions that you'll ask at the end that you do on your podcast is like, is what tools I'm using and stuff like mm-hmm. that. The tools I'm, one of the tools I'm using, it's actually this thing called mailbox power. That's really cool. And that helps with automation. And actually, I use it for clients, for your audience. I think as real estate investors, they probably have assistants and things like that, employees. Um, You can use this very much on retaining employees, like high quality talent rather than, Mm. so if you want, uh, you know, go to the, I actually, because of my affiliation with Appreciation Advocate, I have connections with Mailbox Power where I actually can go, there's a specific link that you can go to mailboxpower.com slash real estate agent. And you can literally, they have like classes on how to use it as a real estate agent and all that other cool stuff in there. So you can go do that, but that's a really cool tool that I've been using.
0: And it, and is that just messaging or is that also the gifts?
1: Yeah, the gifts itself, the gifts, oh, the wow. delivery, the okay. wrap, the wrapping. The wow. we can do cards, postcards. It's really pretty amazing, actually. You can send out some. You can do unlimited postcards for depending on what membership you get. An unlimited postcards every month. Like I could literally send out a thousand postcards. The only thing I have to pay for is postage. So, so it's yeah, it's pretty phenomenal service actually. I'll be honest with you, I do like it. I use some other stuff too. I you know like I use personalizationmall.com, which is a pretty cool website I really like. Um, mailbox powers more the automation side of it. Personalization mall is more like the one off gifts. Right. I have some other I, some other stuff too in there. I just I'm not thinking of it off the top of my head, but obviously just the CRM in general. Some people say what's a good CRM to use, and I got this advice in twenty twelve because I was looking to get a CRM, in it, and they said that the best advice for you Steve to use when it comes to a CRM is Pick one that you're going to use. And that was like, that makes perfect sense. I was like, okay, so I found one that I used. And that's the best. That's the best CRM. Right. CRM and those two things are the best.
0: Yeah. I can remember from my sales background and I was told by somebody who sold CRM systems, you know, the system is only as good as the information you're going to put in. So Mm -hmm. whether whether you use one or whether you have one or not doesn't really matter. It's whether you're actually going to put good info in because that's garbage in, garbage out or good stuff in, good stuff out.
1: Yeah, or you're just paying for a CRM, you're not using it, you're just now you're just lighting money on fire. If you know, if you're in that situation where you're you have a CRM and you're not using it and you're just paying monthly for it, you know, I will give you my name and address. You can send that money to me instead. If you want I am happy <laughs> I am happy to take that money. You guys are just gonna throw it away. Right.
0: And what do you think are the important kind of factors that people need to take into consideration when they're thinking about showing showing appreciation?
1: Ah, yeah. So this is really important, very important, is notice the, and this is whether it's an employee or a client or whatever, or a prospective, maybe it's a prospective home seller or whatever, a potential client. Um, I would tell you, know the difference between a promotion and a gift. So for example, don't, like I've worked at Berkshire Hathaway, Keller Williams, Remax. Like I would never, ever show up with a gift for a client that has the word Remax or Keller Williams on it. Like blast it all over. Like I'm not. I used to give people cutting boards. Now here's the difference. A lot of real estate agents will give a cutting board that says Keller Williams, name, address, phone number. Call me. Whatever. No, terrible gift. Terrible. Because it's all about you. It's not about them. Promotion is all about you, and that's it's about the giver. A gift is about the receiver. So my cutting boards that I gave it always had a monogram of their name, then their actual last name written under it, then the house address. And then the date they bought the house. And then it was this big 18 inch by 24 inch piece of wood. It was massive and it was beautiful. And I actually gave it to them, they're like, I Steve, I can't use this. Like it's so beautiful. I'm never going to cut on this. <laughs> I'm going to hang it up on the wall, but I am not going to cut this, cut on this. This is right. too nice a piece of wood. So like that was the cool thing about it. So they got, know the promotion, know the difference between a promotion and a gift and so never put your own logo on a gift for somebody else. Uh, you know, maybe if you're doing like a community event and you're trying to get your brand out there, that's fine. That's promotional time. Right. But not for, you know, you don't show up at Christmas and put like, you know, Keller Williams all over stuff. Like that's terrible. <laughs> yeah. That's a bad thing. That's a bad call. But also the other thing is like, if you really want to take up your gifting game to like a whole new level, so that people never forget you is make sure you make more than one impression and that the gift can do more than one impression. So like if for me, I'm going to make fun of the real estate industry here because I come from it and I'm still in it. So I'm allowed to make fun of them. Right, and so what I'm in, basically what you do a lot of the, at settlement. Everybody always shows up with a bottle of champagne for the buyer. Like that's the worst gift because, like, what if like the buyer is, you know, an alcoholic, or they're a, they have a family member who is, or they're trying to get off of it, or worse, maybe they're a connoisseur and they know that the bottle you bought is a twenty dollar, you know, bag of carbonated <laughs> dog crap. And they know right away. Oh wow, you spent nineteen dollars on this. I just—he just got a four-figure or five-figure commission, but he gave me a twenty-dollar bottle of dog crap. Right. (laughs) So like that's like it's all bad. So like, and here's the other thing: the kicker to all of it is, it only makes one impression. They consume it, and it's done. You can't stay top of mind if you make only one impression on somebody. So if you give them like that cutting board that people hang up on their wall, or you know, I used to give people watercolor paintings of the house that they bought, and they would hang it up in their house. Like they see that every day. They see that cool cutting board every day. I used to think it was a concept or a concept, a strategy I use called attacking the kitchen, mm-hmm. where you basically fill the kitchen up with stuff that, that they're going to use every day. Ice cream scoopers, pizza cutters, cutting boards, kitchen knives, anything that they touched in their kitchen, it was from me. And I wanted it that way, scissors, because I wanted to think of me every time they touch something. And they're always in the kitchen because that's where they entertain. That's where they, they're always high quality items So emphasis on that point. You can't give them a cheap piece of crap from like, you don't go buy scissors from the dollar store. You get scissors from like Cutco or something that, that got like their name engraved on it or something like that. And that's where people remember you. Because then when they do use it in front of company, it's a talking point too. They're like, wow, that's a nice ass piece of scissors. Or wow, that's a beautiful cutting board. Or wow, that's a really cool painting in your house. Where'd you get that? Like all these things are talking pieces. And they're constantly making impressions. Like, you know, marketing companies, if you showed up to a marketing company, like for that, let's use the champagne example, and you paid 25, let's say you got a high-end bottle. Let's say you got $125 for a champagne bottle. That's one impression. You paid $125 for one impression. Now, if you go to a marketing agency and say, hey, I want to work here. They're like, okay, great. How do you do with impressions? Like how many? How how cheap can you get them? Well, it's only about $125 per impression. They'd be like, get the hell out of here. You're hired. (laughs) You're not working here. So that's basically, uh, you know, you obviously want to be able, you make infinite impressions of a gift that lasts every right. day. They make multiple per day. Sometimes if they use scissors twice a day, or if they use the cutting board multiple times, like, or if they just walk past it seven or eight times in their day throughout their house, they're going to see it. And they're going to think, you like, oh, there's and it's not like this mind blowing. Oh my God, Steve's amazing. Every time they walk by it, it's just going to be like, oh yeah, Steve. Oh yeah. Like, it's not going to be like, oh my goodness. He's right. so great. <laughs> Well, like it's not going to be that. Right. <laughs> what else in terms of,
0: what else do you need to understand around appreciation?
1: Well, we so could we talk know. about the three anchors of appreciation, actually. Okay. Three, the three anchors of it is that is how basically, long story short, it's how people royally F this up. When it comes it's to appreciation, it's like the first one is the singular effort. Like we were just talking about, you can't be top of mind with one, with one effort. You, you know, the fart in the wind. That's literally the alternative name for this anchor. It's <laughs> the far from the winds because it's, yeah, it's what it is. It's just, you're just gone. It's done. It's over. Impression <laughs> made, see ya. The second one is called the the negative Nancy. And we call it that because a lot of people make impressions um, that are neutral or negative without even knowing it. So like, they're going to, they're going to go, they'll give you, let's say, all right, if you're abs- in real estate, let's say I sold a house to a million dollar home. That's like around a $20,000 commission. So And then I at the end of the year, let's say during the holidays, which is a terrible time to give gifts because that's when everybody gives gifts. And if you want to stand out, that's definitely not the way to do it. But anyway, that's a different topic. But like, you give this person who gave you a $20,000 commission check this year, you send them a $25 gift card to Amazon. Hey, thanks. And it's an e gift card on top of that. You didn't even go to the store. You just Just bought it online, sent it to them in two seconds. It's like nothing says, I didn't have time for you. I don't care enough about you or I didn't want to put the effort in. Better than that. Right, so so like that's a negative impression. Even though you're giving to them, it's still a negative impression. That person's going to receive that and be like, "Wow, what an a hole! I can't believe you." Just, you know, I bought a, I bought a million dollar house from this guy, and he sends me a twenty five dollar gift card to Amazon. Amazon, cool. You know what? I'm going to go wipe my ass with this, and I'll see you <laughs> later. <laughs> so, and plus, if they're a million dollar buyer, twenty five bucks is like nothing, right? So, so it's almost insulting. So, like that's why it's called a negative Nancy because you are making and and negative impressions. And then the last point, the last anchor is actually the most deadly one of them all. It's called the false positive. And the false positive is when you think you're doing a good job and you're actually not. Like, so for example, the bad gifts and the good gifts are going to draw the same reaction no matter what. Like no one's going to tell, like when you give somebody a gift card, let's say you give them the gift card in person. You actually went to the store and made an effort sort of and got the actual gift card and handed the them in person. And the reaction is always going to be the same regardless of if they like it or don't. They're always going to say, oh my God, thank you so much. I really appreciate you. This is so great. This is amazing. But, you know, they're going to turn around and then re-gift it or forget about it or, you know, donate it, whatever. But good gifts will get that same reaction. Like if you do give them something that's meaningful and they like, they're going to be like, oh my God, this is amazing. Thank you so much. So the false positive is basically knowing, is not knowing that, that the feedback you're getting is actually, it's that bad gifts get the same feedback that only good gifts should get. That's what it is. So, and that's bad. And
0: how easy is it to spot that? Because that's, that's why it's yeah. called an anchor. Yeah. Right.
1: So, so like, so the way you avoid those anchors is actually by following like the six criteria of what a good gift should have and without going through all of them. Basically, actually, we kind of already covered all of them, most of them. It's just like, like having a high quality gift, making sure the focus is on the giver, not the receiver. What else do we, we talk, making sure it's a high quality gift, making sure that it's visible and it lasts long, make sure that it has emotional impact and not just, not just like a kind of, fart in the wind gift. Like all of those things are what's really important. And then obviously adding a little bit of personalization to it, like having their name engraved on it, not yours, having their name or it's in their favorite color, not your brand colors, their favorite color or whatever it is. It's about them. And then, you know, accompanying it with like a personal note or a video text or whatever. If you have all of those in there, you're not going to worry. You have to worry about the false positive because you've really checked all these boxes. So that's you're not going to be able to. It's going to be harder to find, decipher whether that reaction is genuine or not. Rather than you know, if I hit these six criteria, it's probably going to be a genuinely good good interaction.
0: And so, ha, any tips for people to increase their awareness? Because some of the things you're talking about, you need to know quite a bit about that person. And now mm-hmm. I realize when you're selling a house or you're dealing with somebody who's maybe investing you are going to spend time with them and build a relationship. But I think a lot of people have probably not got their awareness radars on to, to make note of that kind of thing. So is there any tricks or tips that you have around
1: keeping yeah.
0: keeping track of that?
1: Yeah, so we actually call it, we call it juice collection. So okay. when I call well, we call it that. Because, I like
0: that too, that's great.
1: Yeah, so we call it juice collection because whenever you talk, whenever somebody gossips about another person, it's always like, oh, it's time for the juicy stuff. Right, you always want to know what the juicy stuff is. Now, whenever someone talks and you hear them talk, whether it's for like a you know a minute, five minutes, or if you sit down and talk with them and have lunch with them, they're going to say something about themselves at some point, and that's juice. That's where you got to pay attention and you got to write that down. Like I have my phone on the table sometimes, and what I, or I have it open up to my notepad, or I'll actually have a physical notepad in my hand. And when people say stuff like, oh, you know, I gotta go to this vacation, you know, we're going on vacation, we're going away for a week, I'm like, oh, where are you going? I go, like, Oh, we're going to Norway. I don't know. And it's like, okay, cool. Let's well, get, you know, just a hint, just the note there, like that's juice. Or if they say something like, Oh my God, I'm just like obsessed with Star Wars, or like one time I was on a podcast and I saw like the guy's background was just like all comic book stuff, Star Wars stuff. I'm like, damn, do you really like that stuff? And then you just say something like that and boom, they're off. Oh my God, I love Star Wars. This is what I do. I got this. I was given this. I got this. Oh, and then they just go off. And then it's right. just like spill and juice. And it's like, right. It's like, all right, let me just get the, like, the bucket out and collect all this. And that's how you, and, that's, and this isn't hard. Like a lot of people think you've got to really know somebody super well. Like not really. you like, you know, you'll see things. If you're really paying attention, which you should be, if you're trying to make sales, then you'll catch this stuff. And if you're not catching it, then that's a pretty good indication you're not paying enough attention.
0: I was just wondering how many people do you think are actually doing Oh, yeah, this? yeah,
1: that's the thing. That, that's what separated, that's what differentiated everybody from, that's how you differentiate yourself. I think it's like probably like less than, I think on a corporate level, it's like less than 12%. Like corporate America, like I think there's only like 12% of companies actually put their own employees before their customers. Like the, there's a lot of research and data that backs up that it's basically you're in the vast minority if you start doing this kind of thing. I know it's like for me, when I write handwritten notes, I write 10 a week. And I know that 0.7% of all mail in the United States is a handwritten note. So I basically obliterate 99.3% of my competition by writing a handwritten note. I think it's 18% of real estate agents keep in touch with their sphere of influence on a monthly basis. Monthly basis. I'm talking once every 30 days, only 18% of people do that. Think about that. You can obliterate. What is that? 82% 82
0: of the market. Yeah.
1: Yeah. um, Of your competition. I mean, you are, you don't have to, you really, I mean, you really just have to almost just show up. Right. I mean, you almost don't have to do much. All I had to do, like, I send people a note, a handwritten note, and a piece of mail in the mail every month. And I'm top like 10% in the whole country.
0: Right. For a real estate investor, you know, thinking about adopting this approach, what are the first couple of things that you'd suggest they, they think about doing? Or I would take a, Think about that they should do.
1: Yeah, I would take a relational approach to the, your lead generation. So instead of just like, I don't, know, I don't know, just going into appointments and trying to find them, please un- and forget them. I would you know, build a relationship with the people in the neighborhood. So maybe if you have a deal in the neighborhood already and you're working with that seller, or maybe you've already bought a home and you're building it or renovating it or whatever, how can you engage the people around there to ensure them that, hey, look, I'm here to help the community I'm here, because a lot of people and real estate investors, they're like, they got a really bad rap. They look mm-hmm. at people and they're like, and people are like, ah, oh, just another stinking investor who's gonna come in here and, you know, just trying to make a quick buck. And it's like, if you could change that whole community perception of you by engaging the people around that project or whatever it is you're doing and be like, hey, look, this is what we're doing. And then and bring them in. So like a lot of times developers will push the community off. It's always the developer versus the community. It's the headbutt all the time. But right. like my dad taught me this and I thought it was phenomenal advice. He said, because he had to do with this one time where when we were doing a project and we were renovating basically a, 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 a row home that was like a hundred feet deep. It was the largest row home I've ever seen. It was like a football field bowling alley, like times two in one row. home. Now it's a row home. Like this isn't like a mansion, it's a row home that just goes forever. So- it was like, and somebody was getting real pissy with him. And and instead of pushing him off and fighting him, my dad actually basically opened his arms and said, hey, you know what? Bring you back in. Let me bring you into this and let you see what's going on. It was like another community member who was a real pain in the butt, knock, who was, basically would fight him on every time he tried to get a permit or something. And he said, no, I want you to part of this. I want you in this. I want you involved. I want you to see what we're doing so you can contribute, could quote unquote contribute. Like he obviously, he's, you know, my dad's the one making the decisions, but he brought the guy in. So like, he felt part of the project. He felt like he was doing it with my dad, even though he really wasn't, but it was just like, he wasn't alienated. That was the point. And what sometimes communities, when you do these projects, they sometimes can feel alienated. Like you're just trying to make a quick buck, sell the house and make it with this crappy ass project. And it's built terribly and all that other stuff. So if you engage in a relational way, I don't know, maybe if it's a holiday, it's like, you know. Valentine's Day or St. Patty's Day, do something for the neighborhood, put cookies on everybody's doorstep or something. There's something. I think that's a really good
0: suggestion, particularly, I don't know if it's the same way you are, but here in Canada, there's a big push on infill within cities. So you can now, the government here in Ontario has just mandated that you can go to three or four units per property if you've got the space and they're kind of taking away development fees and things like that to encourage the building of more units, because there's a shortage of housing in most cities in Canada. But of course, the first thing that happens is not in my backyard. Yeah. People come on board. So if you can fend that off or steer it away from that, immediately, you're going to give yourself a lot less headache than if you go down the route of, well, this is going through because it's allowed anyway.
1: Right. Well, so you're also going to get more deals that way too, because if you do that, the neighborhood's going to want to push deals your way because they don't like the other guy who's not doing it. They're going to be like, hey, you know what? No, you should go work with Steve because he's going to consider our opinion. He's going to consider our community. And he's going to put people in this house and build up for the type of people like us, whoever like us is at the time. But like that's, and they're going to be, no, you should work with Steve. Or if anybody even slightly raises their hand and say they need to sell, you're the guy getting the call because right. they know you're going to include them. You know, you're going to consider them versus, you know, the a-hole who's not.
0: Right. That's a really good point. A couple of questions that I'd like to ask guests before we kind of wrap up and people can find out more about you and and what you do. Who is a favorite personal brand of yours and why?
1: I really like two people, actually. Yeah, two people. I would say John Rowland, who is the guy who wrote the book Giftology. I love his brand. I love that he always wears just like a black t-shirt. That's the only thing he ever wears ever. I think it's like his uniform, I guess. And his brand is really great. And then Brian Buffini, who is the like basically the number one real estate coach in North America, he's the his brand is like phenomenal. I just love how um, everything that his name represents is excellence. And it's and there's nothing short of excellence across the board. I mean, I think anybody I've ever talked to about Brian Buffini ever, it's always like a five star raving review. It's not even it's like it's not even a four point nine. It's like, oh my god, Brian was amazing, five point five star, five star. It's like, did anybody hate this guy? <laughs> like, it's it's like I'm, I'm almost on a mission to find the first person. <laughs> so you know okay. who doesn't like it. So that's okay. I think that's really cool. And
0: do you have a favorite business book or podcast?
1: Book, I would say, Giftology by John Rulon is probably one of my favorite business books that I've ever written, re- wrote that I've ever read. Jeez, wow, I wish I could say that. But yeah, I'd say the Giftology is a very good book on that, and obviously there's Think and Grow Rich, which is like kind of like the foundation of all personal six, success and development. I think that uh, there was another. Oh, How to Win Friends and Influence People is a really good one too. Right. That that I'm not, dude, there's so many books to pick from. Yeah, uh, yeah, biz, yeah, business book that. Yeah, yeah. I think that's. I'm gonna probably stick with Giftology on that one, just because it's so unique and it's very niche. And It's something that nobody, really, pretty much nobody's doing, right? And it's just another approach that not a lot of people are doing. But I like right. that one.
0: And you mentioned a favorite tool that you're using. Is there anything else, that you, a new new tool or anything that you're embracing? That
1: you're... No, No that that's probably the one that I use probably the most. Let's see what else. Yeah, nothing super outside of that one. Okay, I don't think so. Yeah, no. And do, yeah, and do you personal, have a, personal? Go ahead.
0: Do you have a favorite quote or? that kind of motivates you or inspires you?
1: Yeah, so I've got three that I pretty much live the majority of my life by. One is one the Bible verse, Malachi 3.10, about tithing and bringing all the food into the storehouse, that whole quote. Uh, and there's, um, there's, if you're not changing it, you're choosing it. That's the second one. I really like that one a lot. So basically, every time you're in a terrible situation, well, are you changing this? And if you're not, then you're choosing it, then you have no one to blame except yourself. And I really like that one. And then the last one is actually a quote from Brian Vesini himself, where he said something in one of his conferences he was at, he said, um, if your priorities are clear, your decisions are easy. And I thought that was phenomenal advice. I was like, wow. Because at the time I heard that, it was like, wow, you know, my priorities are my priorities are not clear. And that's why my life is so difficult right now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love that one. That is a really, I mean, it's when you think about it and, Kind of step back here. Like, well, yeah, of course, but we don't think no, so that we do. He, we
1: don't. No, yeah. it's dead. Yeah. So uh, I almost have to. I almost reevaluate my priorities probably every month. Once a month, you just go back and look at them. Like, hey, where are we this month? And you're just like, okay, what needs to get done? And it's like, okay, first priorities of like you know, God and family, football kind of thing. And it's like you've got, you know, I got to make sure the kids have food on the table. I got to make sure the wife is happy with me. Okay, once that's clear, now what else is? There? And it's like, okay, now what's going on in real estate that I need to get done? What's going on with appreciation advocates that needs to get done? And if they're, are they important or not? And if they're not important, can it wait? Then push it back. And it's just, you just go down the list and you just straighten them out. And once you get everything straight, I'm telling you, it will revolutionize the way you spend your time. You don't have to go to some crazy time blocking exercise that some weirdo coach is going to teach you and then try to book you for a $15,000 coaching program. Like you can just do that. (laughs) And,
0: yeah, and I think a lot of people end up trying to throw too much in there, don't they, as well? I You're mean, all you, their you, yeah. You you just I mean, you pick three priorities, basically. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and then everything cascades from that. So everything yeah. you do, and every decision you make. So
1: Yeah. It's under that it's under one of those umbrellas that it's important. Yeah. <laughs> and then you, and you have to realize you only can control so many things, you know, words, actions, thoughts, feelings, that basically all you have control over. Everything outside of that. I mean, I think I, Justin Forsett, I think his name is, the running back for the Ravens. He had, he said when he was getting drafted in the NFL, he got kicked out of the team or whatever. He didn't get drafted through all this adversity. And he was like, Hey, look, man, the only thing can, I'm only going to focus on what I can control. And I was like, That's phenomenal because he can't control somebody else doesn't draft him, but he can control working on his speed or working on his muscle tone or whatever. And I think that's a really cool piece of advice.
0: Do you I thought that just occurred to me, have you found the last few years that people are even less appreciative or i think we went through a phase early on in the pandemic where everybody was being very appreciative of you know front front line workers and that kind of thing but do you think overall that we're less appreciative of what of other people and what we have or do you think it's more
1: i think it's i think it's back to normal okay basically because during the pandemic it was like oh crap like We have to be so thankful for these, you know, first responders and all these other things. And people actually were forced to be put into perspective. Like, I need to pay attention to the fact that these people are risking their lives every day for me. Oh, my God, I should recognize that. And then after the pandemic fades away, people go back to being normal. They're just like, this is the way it was before the pandemic began. So it's not like it didn't go up or down. It just went back to where it was prior to the pandemic.
0: Right. Okay. And how can people find out more about you, Steve, and what you do?
1: Well, the easiest way to do it is honestly just send me an email. Like, if you need any kind of help with growing your Sierra of influence database or anything like that, you could just reach out to me. It's Steve at AppreciationAdvocate dot com. Perfect. I actually, you know what? We I didn't mention I'm actually writing a book too, and that comes out in June. So, you ah, know, yeah, cool. uh, yeah. So you could actually, if you want to get get a copy of it, you can do uh, just go to theimpressionbook.com dot com, and then we'll uh, get that sent out to everybody.
0: Okay. Wonderful. All right, we'll make sure that is all in the show notes. And uh, Steve, thank you for your insights today, and have yourself a brandtastic day.
1: No, thank you for having me, man. This has been a great conversation. Thank you. Bye. Bye.
0: Uh, Well, was that brandtastic? Did it give you some ideas and actions that you can take right now to build your business? So get to it. Thank you for listening and have a brandtastic day.